everyone, and welcome back into another fantastic episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined by a very special guest that we are excited to bring to you today. We have the writer and performer, Julia Vanderveen, whose show My Grandmother's Eye Patch is playing September 14th and 15th at the Crane Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting frigid.nyc. And this is a fantastic show, not just because it's a limited engagement, just the two shows, but because of the kind of show it is. And we can't wait to have Julia share that with you. So with that, let's welcome on our guest, Julia Vanderveen. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you. I feel like there should be applause after that. Such a I know, nice I gotta, intro. I've got to get like a, a laugh track or so, a clap track or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. So I am so excited to have you here because as we talked about before we started, you are our first guest when it comes to the kind of show that you're doing. And I'm so excited yeah. for you to share the kind of show that you're doing. So why don't we just go ahead and kick that off with, could you tell our listeners a bit about what your show is regarding my grandmother's eye patch? Yeah, I would love to. So it is a solo show starring me. And I what you're getting at is that it is a clown show or sometimes what I like to say, a physical comedy show. Because a lot of times people hear the word clown and they have a knee-jerk reaction to what that is, which is like a lot of face paint, scary kind of clown. And a conversation I often have with my peers in this work is, do we try to take back the word clown and, and re-educate people to what it is? Or do we stay in the comedy world and say we're comedians, which is also true. So a lot of times I explain what, what I do as physical comedy like Lucille Ball, John Cleese, Faulty Towers. But also what we mentioned a little bit before is that one thing specific to clown work is that there is no fourth wall. So you're playing specifically for the audience and specifically to the audience you have in that room on that day. Meaning there may be a day where people really like one thing that you, you're doing. So this type of show gives you the leeway to continue to do that thing, even if it's not necessarily what is scripted or what you did the night before. That goes also for stuff they may not like, that if it play, you're playing it and it kind of falls flat, that you can say very much like you might do an improv or, or stand up, depending on what kind of stand up you do, but say, okay, you didn't like that so much and then move to the next thing. That it's a very live in the room experience. I love that. And yeah. now and forever, I have a definition of what clowning is <laughs> on tape. So I know. <clears throat> now your show, My Grandmother's Eye Patch, can you tell us a little bit more about what that is about? What, what, what exactly is the story about? Yes. When you said I have a definition of clown, I was like, oh no, because I would have added something else to it, which is that it very much has to do with vulnerability as well. And you're, you're leading from your vulnerability. So it's not, it's not so much like math can be sometimes with sometimes improv or, or comedy can feel like math. Like you want to hit all these things, but that clown is a little bit more open-hearted if that makes sense. So leading into my show, it is a memorial service for my grandmother, my grandmother who has been dead for many years now. So the idea is that I'm playing myself, who is Julia, the actor, who has decided that the way she's going to make her big comeback 
is to have a memorial service for her grandmother. So I do a lot of acting things to honor my grandmother, but it's also kind of about my ego as an actor. So it's, it's me putting myself out to make fun of myself also in service of honoring my grandmother. Very cool. Multi-layered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, see, that's the thing is it sounds, it sounds fascinating and hilarious at the same time. Thank you. Thank you. How did you come up with the idea for the show? Like you, I, I came from a more traditional mu- uh, background. I went to school for musical theater and I had been doing commercial theater. And then when I moved to New York, I found this art form of clowning, which I totally fell in love with because of its requirement. It requires so much of you as the artist to be really, really present and to mine your experience. You could say that of any art, but this one really spoke to me. So I knew I wanted to make a solo show and I felt completely overwhelmed by the requirement for that. And so my first director, Aitor Basari, he's an incredible clown teacher and clown. Definitely recommend his company is in London. They're called Spy Monkey. And they've been playing together for, I think, 25 years. So I was working with him and he said, why don't you tell a story of a a female family member? Because in telling that story, we'll see a lot of you. And so he gave me that assignment. And my grandmother was the obvious choice for me. She was a poet, but also because of the time she was born, she was married. Obviously she was a, a bishop's wife. So she was a Southern bishop's wife. So she had all of these things she had to do as a requirement in these ways. And I always felt really connected to her as a child. And I thought, I wonder what her life would have been like if she had been born later. I wonder if she would have been a mother. I wonder if she would have gotten married or if she would have just lived the artist's life. So I always felt really connected to her and seeing our lives sort of in parallel, but also very different. So that was the jumping off point. There's been several versions of the show. Every time I do it, I try to put more game into it and also make sure I'm being really clear about what I'm trying to tell with the play. So the first version of it was in 2019, which was kind of what you said before, which was a lot of throwing stuff at the wall, a lot of seeing what stuck. I would say a third of the show stuck and the rest of it didn't. Like there were things that really, really didn't work. And with clown work, you have to try it in front of people because usually you're doing it to make people laugh. Sometimes not, but usually you're doing it to make people laugh or get some kind of reaction. So you can rehearse by yourself and with your director, but it really takes being in the room with the audience to know what's working, you know? I love that. And I want to build on that and ask, what has it been like developing this particular iteration of my grandmother's eye patch going into your performance at the Crane Theater? I'm very grateful because I just did the Orlando Fringe in May and I got to do six performances of it, which is great because it gives you a little bit of a run and a playground to try different things within six performances. And I'm doing the show also in the Philly Fringe in September. So I'm having three shows there going into the Crane show. 
which is also what I wanted to do. Cause I was like, I want to get it back up. I want to get it light again, playful before I bring it back to New York so that it's in, it's in really good shape. And I, I know we're talking about the crane, but I'm, ex- I'm really excited for Philly audiences because I think this is the youngest festival I've ever played. Like Philly has a lot of clown coming out of there with the pig iron school. And yeah, they're just doing a lot of really exciting work. So I'm like, Oh, I've, never played my show I think for a majority of a really young audience so I'm I'm pumped that is exciting that's amazing now we've been talking about what clowning is we've talked about your show and what exactly it's about is there a message or a thought that you hope that audiences walk away with from your show yeah I mean it's in the show and I think there are things in the show where I'm playing a lot of the show as a game. So I think there are things in the show that's confusing. It could be confusing. Like, I don't know if she means this or if this is just something she was saying for the show. And people have asked me that. They're like, how much of that was real? You know, and we've gone through different things. But one thing that's in the show that's true is that I've always kind of had, even as a kid, a preoccupation with that our time on earth is limited. You know, like I've, I've felt that really deeply, even as a child, I watched a league of their own and I was like sobbing at the end, you know, I was like, they're just old in time, you know, and I was 10 and my, and my grandma actually was like, are you, is she okay? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so I think the success of the show, there's, there's many ways it could be successful and the, it depends on the audience experience. I mean, successful in terms of what I want people to walk away with that I would love for people to laugh and 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 take delight in myself being a real idiot and there's also a I think underneath it that our time is limited and if that I hope people are doing whatever it is they want to be doing and that even though I would have to ask her and I never did before she died I don't know if my grandma did as much poetry as she would have liked to have done while she was alive. She did do it. So, and I, and I really think that's what's so beautiful about live performance is that you're in the room with whatever you're seeing, the singer or the performer having this experience. And it's, it's not like watching a movie that you can go back to and revisit. It's like that very specific experience. So I would hope people would leave feeling, I mean, at the most at the, peak inspired to do whatever it is they feel called to do that is lovely that is very (laughs) lovely thank you well my final question for this first part of the interview is who do you hope have access to my grandmother's eye patch i would love for people to come who are kind of what you're saying that have never seen clown before or they're like I'm not sure. I don't know if that is for me something that gets them out of their comfort zone because I am intensely passionate about the art form. I love it so much. And even if the case was people decide that's not for them, that's totally fine. But I would love for people to take a take a risk on something they haven't experienced or that they don't know that they've experienced before. <laughs> So now for the 
second part, I want to change lanes. I want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better. And I want to kick things off with our tried and true first question. What or who inspires you? What playwrights, composers, shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites? As a little kid, I always loved Steve Martin. And I don't know if you've read, have you read his autobiography, Born Standing Up? No, it's right there on my bookshelf. I've yet to read it though. It's on my it's on my list of things to read though. <laughs> it's really, really great. He started out as a magician, actually. He worked, he lived really close to Disneyland and he started working in the magic shop in Disneyland. And he he did that for a while. And then it morphed into, I guess, stand-up comedy. But it's not just stand-up comedy. Like I love that his his work really. I spoke to my therapist about this earlier today, so I guess this is a theme for today or right now, but the nuance that things aren't just one thing, you know, that things can be several things. And he has a story in his book where he got a bad review for a show and he he put a banana peel on his head. I think he had a banana in his pocket and he was eating a banana and he was reading the bad review of his show (laughs) to the audience. And that's very clown. It's very clown because I think clown is is like anti-shame work. Because if something you try something, it doesn't work, you acknowledge that it doesn't work, and then you're able to immediately move on, which is really beautiful as opposed to like internalizing what's wrong with me, why, you know, that didn't, and then being sad about it. It's like you just admit it, and then you try something else. So Steve Martin, for sure. I'm just, this is just in mind because there's an open mic I like to go to on Wednesday nights at Soho Playhouse and they just had their two year anniversary and the MC is, is named Jackson Sturkey and he's an incredible musician and probably cause it just happened, but I've just been thinking about him and this beautiful community he's cultivated, but I love serious stuff too. I mean, I, I love funny things, but I also love I love deeply feel. I mean, I've always been a deeply feeling emotional person. So yeah. That is a wonderful answer though. I love that. Well, have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Oh, I saw Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. Yes. Have you seen it? I have. I've seen it a few times. Oh, I actually got to yeah. see it the pandemic when it used to be two parts. It's so good, though. It's so good. Yes, I have a friend in it. I worked on a Royal Caribbean ship pre-pandemic doing hairspray, and I have a friend who was a flyer in hairspray that's a flyer in Harry Potter. And so I finally saw the show, I guess, two weekends ago. And we today ticks, but my friend and I were on the front row, which was so cool. And I mean, oh my gosh, I, I kind of... Honestly, I think my expectations were a little low because it's been open for a while. So I was like, oh, maybe it's going to feel a little rusty or something. No. I mean, the magic is incredible, but also the performances were incredible. I mean, just and it was so cool to be that close to the actors and the man who played Harry Potter, who's slipping my mind right now, was incredible, an amazing actor. I had such a good time. I mean, I, I, I had that's. I feel like that's the most enthusiastic I've been after leaving a Broadway show in a while. Like I was like, let's go, let's go back. It was so fun. 
I love that. Yes, it, it was an incredible show. So what is your favorite part about working in the theater? This is, again, something I think I was just saying to my therapist, but I think it's the communion with the with the people in the room. I said that because I love, love being on stage. I always have, even as a little kid. And I also love watching. I also love watching an amazing show. I just think it's so... And I think it's good for me to remember too, because it's something obviously over the pandemic that we missed so much because we didn't get to have that of being in the room with each other. It's just so special. I mean, I love, I love film and TV also, but you don't get those. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but (laughs) I don't think you get those mirror mirror neurons the same way as when you're in the same space as someone, you know? Absolutely. That's a wonderful answer. Well, we have now arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, and that is, what is your favorite theater memory? Okay, I have, I think I have two. One was, I grew, I was in Tampa until I was 11, and they took us on a field trip to the the Performing Arts Center in Tampa, and I don't remember what the show was, but I remember the theater was dark and cold the way that like old theaters are and like kind of dank. And I, maybe from that moment, but a theater space has always felt a little bit, I don't know if the word is holy or, but certainly sacred, you know, where there's something like, it's very charged, you know, with all the stories and all of the energy that has gone in there. So I remember just as a little kid being like, this is a really special place. That's my memory, number one. Number two, I studied in London abroad in 2006, and we saw a lot at um, with the British American Dramatic Academy, and we saw a ton of theater, which was amazing. And Complicite, which is a physical theater company in London, you could say a clown company, they were doing a one-man show and that show stuck with me more than any of the other theater that I saw where this man was so incredible. And I thought, I want to do something like that. I love that. I love those two memories. I look at where, where, where you were at 11 and look where you went. I mean, that is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing those. Those are fantastic. You're so enthusiastic. It's so sweet. I love it. It's so sweet. Thank Thank you. you. Do you have any upcoming projects or productions that we might be able to plug for you? The show on the 14th and 15th, what's upcoming besides that, which I don't know, hopefully I'll do it in New York sometime, but I don't know when. This is another kind of can of worms. I'm working on a Proud Boys show with two other women. And what I mean by that is it's a Buffon show. So Buffon is like, almost like the dark side of clown. It's like the, it's almost like lepers. It's the people that got pushed out of society that would come back once a year to roast the king and queen or whoever it was that pushed them out of society. So we are playing these proud boys, but mocking them in order to kill them. So it's all women. We're working on it. It's going to be a musical, of course. So hopefully, hopefully that'll be coming here sometime. My 
my my colleagues are in Hawaii actually, so it's a logistical figuring out when we can get together. But yeah, wow, that sounds incredible though. And then yeah, it's in the Philadelphia Fringe, right? Yeah, my grandmother's eye patch will be in the Philadelphia Fringe starting next week. Wonderful! Yay! That'll be exciting. Well, finally, if our listeners want more information about my grandmother's eye patch or about you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? Yeah, I have a website, juliavanderveen.com. You can have a form that you can email me from. And then I'm on Instagram at julesvandy, V-A-N-D-I-E. Well, Julia, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and sharing this wonderful art form and this wonderful show Really, I appreciate it. And I'm so excited to to see the show and to, to see what you do next. So thank you very, very much. Andrew, it was my pleasure. You're so lovely. I hope you have a wonderful time in London. Thank you very much. My guest today has been the writer and performer, Julia Vanderveen, whose show, My Grandmother's Eye Patch, is playing September 14th and 15th at the Crane Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting frigid.nyc. And if you'd like to stay on top of what Julia's up to, including her upcoming performances at the Philadelphia Fringe Festival, you can find her website, juliavanderveen.com, as well as following her on social media at Jules Vandy. We're going to have all this information posted on our episode description, as well as on our social media But make sure you head to frigid.nyc right now because there's only two chances to catch her wonderful show, My Grandmother's Eye Patch, at the Crane Theater, and that's September 14th and 15th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. Hello.